following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Well, good morning once again, and welcome to Community Gospel. My name is Jordan. This is Craig Clapper, who is joining me once more. Uh, We have the opportunity to be here on Easter, uh, not obviously physically, in physical presence, but uh, have the opportunity to join with technology. We're so thankful for technology and the opportunity to participate with technology. Craig, uh, Easter is this Sunday, obviously. Uh, What's Easter mean to you? Oh, wow. Uh, Quite frankly, for years, it meant a whole lot of work. (laughs) And I remember always thinking, man, I wish I had a week where I didn't have anything. I could really take Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, walk through the passages. Well, this is the year, and uh, I'm going to make the most of the opportunity, which is a theme today. And I pray that you make the most of the opportunity, too. We're all kind of uh, holed up right now. What a great opportunity to just walk through this uh, Passion Week together and then really celebrate on uh, Easter Sunday the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 1 says that he was proved to be the Son of God by the resurrection of the dead. And because he lives, we shall too. We have a lot to uh, rejoice in at Easter. Yeah, it's interesting. The older I get, the more Easter gets, uh, it kind of gets more and more meaning to it. You know, we used to celebrate Easter, obviously go out, do all the egg hunts and all those things. And now, it's it's more of a week. It's it's turned into this big week long process where we slow down and we focus on Palm Sunday and then all of these interesting days that are kind of you know coming yeah. out too. Easter's near and dear to Bethany and I's heart. John was born on Easter, uh, oh, really? so it's kind of interesting for us. You know, it holds a little bit of a, a different place in our hearts too but as well. Jordan, I also remember talking about this. He, uh, you always had the helicopter come oh, drop yeah, all the eggs yeah. in Bremen. Yeah, and uh, so you were a busy man. Yeah. So this time. My guess is you can slow down and and uh, enjoy it a little bit more. Maybe not as much ministry to the community, but ministry to your own family and heart. Yeah, we we do that a lot. Is uh, like I said, just slowing down. This is a hard season to slow down with everything that's yeah, going sure on. Is. But um, it, it, we find it more and more the older we get that uh, it's nice to be able to stop and to pause. Christmas and Easter, um, yeah. uh, you know, both both of those hold a lot of place and value in our heart too as well. We're in 1 Peter chapter 2 today. So if you want to go ahead and grab your Bible and open up to 1 Peter chapter 2, let me go ahead and pray for us this morning and then we'll have the opportunity to dive in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. Well, it's not in person. Uh, we can utilize technology that you have entrusted to our care. And we pray, God, that uh, you would help us remember um, just how much uh, we do fall short of your standard in this season. And uh, we know that because of our sin, you died on the cross. And uh, that blood that was shed is a proper sacrifice. Um, and is able to cover our sins. And so we want to worship you that you didn't stay dead, you rose from the dead. And we thank you for the resurrection and uh, that that is um, the the faith that we have to trust in 
to be in a relationship with you that as you came once, you're going to come again. And so we just worship you today, God. We look at your word and we want to conform to it. Mm -hmm. So help us uh, as we do this. Uh, may we do justice to your word and may we live like Jesus until you call us home. Um, we pray that you just be with these individuals who are gathering in various locations, continue to keep them healthy and uh, continue to give us the opportunity to share Jesus with the world so that they can come to know you as well and uh, that your church would be built up. Uh, we love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, only two verses today. Craig, why don't you read those, uh, verse 4 and verse 5. Okay. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Big passage uh, of scripture, big passage of scripture. So we're going to break this down a little bit for you guys so that you can kind of walk through this a little bit. So many things that Peter says here are going to come up in either previous verses or verses after this. So here's something to consider before we go any farther is this is a small passage of Scripture that carries throughout the entire text of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. It says, first of all, in verse 4, Craig, it says, as you come to him. Let's break that down a little bit. What does that mean, as you come to him? Obviously, him is Jesus, but what does that yeah. look like? You know, I think it's interesting uh, that Peter's talking about coming to Jesus. He saw Jesus dead, buried. Right. But he also took a walk on the beach with him, resurrected, and he was a transformed man. And then the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and takes the uh, the gospel to the world. You know, this uh, the resurrection of Jesus had a major impact upon Peter. Right. So he doesn't look back and say, I used to come to Jesus. As, as you come to Jesus, and it's continuous tense, we come for salvation, but we also, on a daily basis, uh, continuously, we come to Jesus, to him. And um, I just, I love that, that he's alive. He's, he's the living stone we'll see here in a moment. But um, our daily lives are constantly a coming to Jesus, is what I would say here. Yeah, we have to reiterate that, especially with it being Easter. It's so important. We come to Jesus first and foremost for salvation. We receive that through faith. We confess that we're sinners and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Savior. That is our uh, uh, the foundation of our faith. But we wrestle, as Paul says, with this flesh. Hmm. And so Peter understands this in the passage. He constantly, daily removes uh, what his desires are, disciplines himself to come to Jesus and say, I need you. It reminds me of that old hymn, remember, uh, I come. Like, uh, oh, I uh, need you every But he knows that that's important. So Peter starts with, as I come to him, as we come to him individually and collectively. And then he says, which is really interesting, this, this imagery kind of starts to spill out, which is this living stone and Jesus is talked about as a stone often what does he mean by a living stone hmm. well the next uh, few verses talk about the fact that this is not a new concept the, the the word stone was actually a messianic title and we see throughout many scriptures where it refers to 
God's going to lay a foundation. He's going to lay a foundation stone in Zion. And uh, it'll be rejected by many, and uh, but accepted by many. Some will stumble over it. And uh, But it's the cornerstone. This, this, this stone is the cornerstone, the foundation stone. Uh, it's the capstone. It's Jesus himself. And uh, really... Uh, I think we're all learning. We need we need a firm foundation in life, and uh, Jesus is that living stone, not a dead stone. I love that. Uh, Jordan and I we've we've been to the temple, right? Uh, to the the western wall, the wailing wall, the retention wall, and we just see a pile of rocks on the ground. Jesus said uh, this temple is going to be torn down, right. and not one stone left upon another. But on the southern stairs of that temple was the early church celebrating the living stone, the foundation and capstone of their lives and of the church. And I think that's important is this image is used because Peter wants people to see while they're scattered in dispersion, going way back yeah. to verse one, all over the place, that even though your lives are marked with persecutions and problems and suffering, there is a foundation that you can build your life upon, and that is this living stone. And he talks about it. He says it, it is the cornerstone that comes up later in Scripture, but you have to accept it. If you don't accept it, then it, it's not going to have any value. He talks about here being rejected. And so when we look at that, a living stone rejected, my question that comes up, Craig, is can there be more than one living stone? Well, it's going to go on and say we're living stones as well. All right, right. But uh, uh, because of our association with the living stone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the uh, scriptures speak about the church being like a body with many parts, like a bride, like a building. And uh, a building is made up of many rooms and right. so forth. So we have the privilege as the church of being uh, the new temple. Mm -hmm. uh, corporately, Corinthians says, don't you know that you are the temple uh, of God, that the Holy Spirit dwells within you? And then later in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, don't you know that individually, that the Holy Spirit lives within you? Right. I think at a time like this, people are learning, should be learning, you know, I have the Holy Spirit, and I have the Word of God, and, and, and Christ dwells within me. And uh, I can do daily devotions. I can worship on my own. But also, I think, missing the fact that we are a family. We are a building. We are, we're more than just individuals. And there's some things that just can't happen individually that God intended us to experience corporately. Yeah. Um, I think people are finding out, especially in this time, that Jesus is the, and that's the key word there, the cornerstone. He is the foundation. We may have built our lives upon other stones, yeah. and now we're realizing how much they crumble and how much they fall and how much they don't hold weight. So much of the New Testament talks about uh, how we can be on guard against false teachers and false prophets and all of these uh, truths that truths uh, that come out. Um, and And Peter says, it all comes back to Jesus. Every word of God, as the Bible says, proves yeah. true. So when we look at this, we realize we're building, like you said, off of this cornerstone that has proven to be true, that is proving to be true, and that will prove to be true. Every promise of God comes true. So either we're going to fasten ourselves to him and see this validity play out, or 
it's we're going to realize how much we crumbled and fell kind of like daniel way back in the old testament when he talks to nebuchadnezzar tells about his statue you know and it says all this is going to crumble you know all this is going to go down and um if you don't build your life upon a sure foundation then things aren't going to happen all right so uh talk a little bit about that temple we've talked about a little bit about that peter's audience let's kind of unpack this for a second peter's audience sees and hears temple differently than we do correct sure yeah yeah we take uh yeah the disciples were enamored by the temple uh look at the this beautiful temple jesus and he goes yeah it's going to be torn down um and not one stone is going to be left upon another but myself i'll be torn down three days later i'll rise from the dead and uh, they had their eyes on buildings and i think there's a great lesson that in this passage too these people were scattered uh, they couldn't go to the temple in Jerusalem. They couldn't go to the priesthood in, in Jerusalem. And they couldn't go there and offer sacrifices. And the big lesson is, listen, um, you are the temple. And uh, you actually, we're going to see, you're priest. And the ultimate sacrifice has been slain. Jesus Christ, you don't need any more sacrifices. Actually, you're a sacrifice yourself, we're going to see. Right. So by your life... Do good deeds. Everything you do, word and deed now, is a sacrifice unto him. So, yeah, there's a big shift, and it's they don't they don't have to look, pray toward Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, they 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 go direct and, and actually when the body gathers together, you can in a sense say, uh, it's we have the temple, God's in God's presence is here. And we're here, and we're holy, the priesthood of the believers. I mean, we believe in pastors, but I think perhaps a really good thing that's happening now is uh, maybe right in the home, the, the father's taking a little priestly uh, uh, role there of leading his family and devotions and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's hard. You can hear, you can almost feel the tension in the text. Peter's trying to get people to go away from materialism yeah. and move into relational dynamics of being with with god this he is says it's like. a spiritual house yeah and, yeah and spiritual sacrifices yeah let's keep going with that so he says as you come to him all right jesus the foundation the living stone where some people rejected him by men we all have a choice on whether we'll accept mm -hmm. or reject in the sight of god um chosen and precious this mm -hmm. is jesus obviously being chosen and precious he says you now changing from this focus and attention on Jesus, and then he moves into you. Let's talk about you. And mm -hmm. when it says you, we could write our name in yeah. there, Jordan, Craig. You yourselves are like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Mm -hmm. Now, that's huge terminology there, Craig. When we're being built up as a spiritual house, Jesus, we're fastened to him. How do we do that? How do we build uh, that house well? Well, first of all, I think to realize just that as Jesus was chosen and precious, so are you. Hmm. <laughs> so am I. To just realize what a privilege it is, what an honor that, that he chose me. Hmm. And he says, I'm precious. Um, we say that about Jesus. We know Jesus was chosen. Jesus was precious. And Jesus says, don't you know that about you as hmm. well? And I think that is part of it, of being built up, is to say... Uh, I'm a child of God. I'm chosen. I'm precious. And then I want to reflect him. Therefore, I want to be built up. Now, the body, the, the building's built up. But I would say that those who put the stone 
buildings together, realize there's a lot of chiseling goes on. Right. And I think that's implied as well. Um, man, we're all irregular stones, aren't we? And uh, there has to be a lot of love in those scenes to put up with each other. But uh, we all together are building this up that we, got, we have to be willing to be chiseled and put in place and be the building he wants us to be. We're not all nice square building blocks, that's for sure. Yeah, you're talking a lot about identity and it, it can be really hard. There's a lot of people in situations and circumstances right now who are struggling. They've lost their job or had to yeah. file for unemployment or um, uh, maybe they're going back but they don't know when they're going back. Uh, a lot of our identity, you know, you talk to somebody, you say, hey, how are you? Or my name is, you know, you introduce yourself. And then all of a sudden we ask that question, what do you do? You know, what yeah. do you do for a living? There's where we find our identity. How can we wake up every morning, Craig, and look in the mirror and, and say, I'm a child of God and change that depression into restoration mm -hmm. to the way that Peter wants us to see ourselves? What's that look like? You know, last uh, time we were together, we, we uh, spoke... Uh, uh, about just different concepts in scripture this one is who who am i mm -hmm. and um you know if you look at at scripture and uh all the statements about who we are it's a great thing to look up you could google that who am i in christ right. i'm a child of god i am a beloved uh, i'm also anointed yeah uh, all those things uh i'm dear to him um i think we really need to realize that first and foremost uh, who I am. I'm a, I'm a priest. Mm -hmm. I want to live up to that. I'm willing to be chiseled to become what, what Christ wants me to be. Yeah. And I'm precious in his sight. Wow. I, I want to be even more precious. Yeah. And that starts with just saying, it. I think we have to tell ourselves who we are in Christ. And then we have to move to not being buried in our shortcomings and the things that we don't do that yeah. are honoring to him, but look at it and say, God does give us mercy and grace. Paul says it way back in, uh, I believe it's Romans. He says, should we, um, do I continue to sin? By no means. Just because yeah. God has, has given Christ and he's died on the cross for us, sins, do I continue to sin? No, you are a spiritual house. You are being built up mm. as a spiritual house. Let God do that building. So instead of fighting against it, Man, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that's transpiring. I can't believe these things are going on. Uh, welcome it. Uh, these people are in more persecution than we could yeah. ever uh, imagine. Yeah. And they're welcoming those, those things. So uh, I think that can be hard. That's a mental mind shift that we have to uh, really seek to, to allow God to do in our life. Yeah, I think especially now, you can't define yourself by my role in this world, my uh, portfolio and all that. And I think there's some good things can come out of that. You know, uh, we can all agree upon this. The situation we're in, uh, this didn't take God by surprise. Uh, it has at least has his permissive will. Mm -hmm. And God's will always has purpose. There's a purpose in this for a period of time. I want to make the most of the opportunity. I want to grow through this rather than growing through it. And right. when will this be over with? When can I re-identify as whatever my role is and get my portfolio back together? Um, I think we want to learn the lessons and grow during this time and see it as a great opportunity. Uh, I, I don't see Peter just saying, boy, I can't wait until you get out of this circumstance. He's saying no, oh, uh, growing character during the circumstance. Yeah, yeah, and the identity continues because he says you are you are 
a, a stone as well attached to this. And then he talks about priesthood. Now, we have yeah. to be really careful here because we know that so many people come from so many different backgrounds. Um, people have come from the Catholic faith. They've come from um, charismatic. They've come, I mean, all over the board, uh, orthodox. We have people from so many different backgrounds. You hmm. hear that word priest, and all of a sudden you go, oh, what? whoa, hold on a second. Now, the interesting thing in this passage of Scripture, he says, you are a holy priesthood. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, holy is unique, set apart, and uh, and that would also imply character, although none of us are holy as in totally holy. But we've got a unique uh, set apart job, and that is to be priests, the priesthood of the believers, that uh, we all represent God to other people, and uh, we, we take that role on of representing God to other people and representing God. God to them, yeah. praying for, for them and and uh, and representing God yeah. to one another. And if you if you even go back into the Old Testament, you look at some of the, the priests and things like that, they're they're doing evangelism and edification at the same time, and that's what we're called to do as well. So he says you are a role, a holy priesthood set apart. Um, to offer spiritual sacrifices. So when God looks at you, his position is that you would discipline yourself to be more like Christ yeah. so that those who are far from God would come to a relationship with Christ in faith, but also so that your brothers and sisters would be built up. Peter doesn't say this, I don't think, with a big head. He's saying, oh, because you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior now, this makes you big-headed. No, that's not the case no. at all. If anything, it transforms into a lot of humility. And you realize the weight of that responsibility is on you, and you need to do diligence with it. Um, so I, I think that's that's uh, it's a weighty statement for Peter, but at the same time, I think he says it so that it would produce humility within. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think we think of a priest as... You know, somebody that is overseeing a church or something like that, uh, like a, a pastor with a degree and everything. Uh, I think that we all should be looking at ways in which we can be spiritual, spiritual uh, sacrifices for other people. Play out that role of a priest of representing God to those people and, and representing them to God as well, praying for them. When you say, I'll pray for you, and you do, you're acting as a priest. Mm -hmm. When you uh, sing praises, you're actually offering sacrifices. And you can do that in the privacy of your own home with your own family. Yeah. We're, we're all alone. I think about where we're at in our society and culture. You know, there's a couple of places where we look at people and we identify them with what uh, we see. Uh, Amish people. Um, we see them around all the yeah. time, and we think, oh, they're Amish, right? Uh, you can go up to South Bend. You can see priests uh, who walk around there. We see uh, Jews up in South orthodox Bend. We have, Jew, we have yeah. good friends up there who are Orthodox Jews, and uh, they'll have um, a piece of fabric on their head, and we say, oh, they're Jewish. We should walk around all the time with uh, to be like Christ, and people should see Jesus in us. It's so interesting in the book of Acts even the people called them Christians because even though their dress wasn't different, they could see it in mm -hmm. in their actions and their attitudes and their words. And when Peter calls us to be a holy priesthood, he looks at us and he says, you should be so distinguished and distinct from the rest of the world. People, they don't have any other option but to call you a Christian. You know, Jordan, when, when you 
tell a person that I'm going to pray for you, mm -hmm. you're actually saying, I'm going to take on the role of a priest. Mm -hmm. I heard once, and this really uh, got to me, startled me, but this statement that, did you ever realize that many people that go through this earthly journey have never had their name taken personally to the throne of God? Hmm. Never had somebody pray personally for them? Right. What a horrible thought. Right. But we all know it's true. There are people that die and never had a person pray individually for them before the throne of God. Yeah. When you say that and when you do it, you're saying, let me be a priest. When you evangelize, share Christ, um, you say, let me be a priest. You know, Jordan, I've, I've thought and been convicted. I think that everything we see that our community is doing, both Christian community and just the secular community, is wonderful. Uh, feeding, um, meeting needs, sure. uh, health care workers, first responders. But <laughs> if, if people are well-fed, well-clothed, have great health care, and don't know Jesus, right. we failed them. Right. We need to bring them. It says, come to him. Well, we need to help bring them to Jesus, and that's a, that's a spiritual sacrifice. I, I'm concerned that we, even Christians, settle for less than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. You know, I heard a guy named Adrian Rogers years ago, great preacher and quite humorous, but he said this. He said, so what if we feed a man and uh, get a guy sobered up. He said, and then he goes to hell fat and drunk. <laughs> and he said, I think I'd prefer to hit their drunk myself. <laughs> <laughs> now that's exaggerating, right. but there's a truth in it. Mm -hmm. These are spiritual sacrifice. We need to address the soul of a human being. And today people, let's imagine they do get food and so forth, but they don't have the fellowship of the believers. They don't have assurance of salvation. Um, they don't know Jesus, um, you've not met their deepest need. And they're going to face an eternity without him and their eternal souls. And, uh, you know, coronavirus does make you realize this. Uh, we're going to die. Mm -hmm. You know, statistics on death are impressive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everybody makes I, it. I would bet on it. About yeah, one yeah, to yeah. one. If corona doesn't get you, something, <laughs> something will, will eventually. Right, right. Yeah, old yeah. age, hopefully. But... Um, so what I'm sharing is what an opportunity to give a cold cup of water in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Bring Jesus into the equation. Um, the world won't do that. They'll feed people, and that's wonderful. But um, we, we've, got a, we've got an added message that goes to the soul. Yeah, a priest intercedes for the needs of the people. And a biblical um, definition of that is that is exactly what we're doing. We are interceding for the needs of the people. First need, always salvation. Yeah. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you made the decision to come to him in a relationship of faith? Then we're interceding on behalf of the needs of the people. Prayer, pointing them to the Bible. When's the last time we opened up our Bible, pushed it across the table, said, no, this isn't what I say. This is what God's word says. This is what you need to hear. Do not fear, um, for I have commanded you. You know, Moses to Joshua, a lot of people yeah. know that passage. Um, how many times does it say in the Old Testament text, uh, be strong and courageous, don't be terrified. But we're just saying those things. We're not pointing people to those things where it's not my words, it's God's word. And the needs yeah. of the people have to be met. And I think that's what Peter's saying is we've, we've almost ruined that uh, word priesthood 
because mm-hmm. we have made it so pompous. Yeah. But An what, official yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, what we really need to see is that the believers who are called out of darkness into God's light, who cling to this cornerstone, this Jesus Christ, they are interceding for the people in mm-hmm. their needs, and they're making sure that those needs are met. Making sure it's all going back to the gospel, too, as yeah. well. You know, Jordan, if I could share one thing here. Uh, uh, Gandhi said, even God can't speak to a starving man and, except in terms of bread. Mm-hmm. That's true. Give them a sandwich, but then address their soul mm-hmm. because uh, they, they have eternal souls. And, and that also shows you really, really care. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And then he, he closes with this, this verse, which is really interesting. He says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, uh, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And there's that key at the end. And mm-hmm. here's kind of where we want to bring everything into this yeah. culmination, which is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. None of this can be done, accomplished, if it's not done through Jesus Christ. Why well, I think Peter emphasizes that here huh. in the text. It's interesting that our passage here starts out, come to him, mm-hmm. and ends with through Jesus Christ. Right. Jesus is central to the whole thing. Well, first of all, he was central to Peter. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter was lost in somebody bigger than himself, just like John the Baptist. And, um, it, well, we'll go back to giving the cup of cold water. Um, when you give a cup of cold water, you can give it, but not through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage, um, you know, I do this. If I give somebody a buck or something on the street... Uh, or more, I'll always say, I want you to know, I've done this because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus has motivated me to do this. I'm a follower of his, yeah. and that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Uh, somehow, some way, in all of our good deeds, um, how can we do that in such a way so that it's through Jesus Christ, first of all, to mention him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we miss this all the time. Uh, I'm reminded we have people who move into our neighborhood all the time, and usually we'll take them cookies or something like that. We just kind of drop them off, you know. We forget that piece sometimes, though. We forget that, hey, our motivation for bringing this to you was because Christ has done an amazing work in my life. And I think sometimes we think we have to have all the wording right. We have to have all. It's the same with Bible reading or prayer or or those things. We think all the time we have to uh, be so polished anything has transpired with this whole situation and circumstance we find ourselves in, it's even amazing with churches. We're seeing, um, they started to try to be so polished, you know, and now we're seeing people really get relational. We've even had a conversation with a couple of our missionaries, and they said the same thing, that churches are really seeing where the fluff was, and now they're starting to go back to the foundation, which is... um, you're preaching to an empty congregation, you know, like there's nobody there. Just get real, you know, and come back down and really start to have that conversation about why we do what we do. Is it, and we have to evaluate this, right, Greg? We have to evaluate, is it really because of Jesus Christ or is there selfish motives behind it? There's selfish motives behind it. I got I to correct. I got to change. And I have to be able to, to preach Christ, even if your voice shakes, right? Like even if, even if you're saying this to somebody and you're nervous about it, it's because of Jesus. Uh, 
that's when God, I think, is is really glorified in us yeah. when we're, we're making those you know motions forward. But we miss all the time. All right, so uh, as we look at this, uh, we realize that Peter says, as you come to him, Livingstone, being uh, drawn to Christ, it's interesting, chapter 1, he already talks about him being a living hope. And so now we have a little bit of partnering from living hope to living stone that we can constantly go back to. Uh, and then Peter talks a lot about uh, that we are um, with him, that we're united with Christ. We have the opportunity to be built up like spiritual houses through discipline, um, a priesthood, which where we're making intercessions uh, for the people, making sure we're meeting their spiritual needs um, through Christ, all comes through Christ. Craig, final thoughts on uh, that, those two passages of Scripture. I would say if all this is true, and it is, uh, what an opportunity to live this out right now. You know, in the, uh, the book of Ephesians, it says that uh, the days are evil. Therefore, we ought to be redeeming the time and uh, buying it up, making the most of this opportunity. And uh, what an opportunity it is, I think, to uh, uh, be wise, it says, in the way that we would live. And then in Galatians, it says, as we have opportunity, and I think that means not just sit around and hope for an opportunity to come, but uh, opportunities that you pursue, but it's right on our doorstep now. Let us do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. Mm -hmm. What a great time to say, how can I best uh, do good to the household of faith and and to the world and not forget about the salvation and not just uh, the sandwich. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a lot of stuff on Facebook and recently I saw this one where the optimist, the pessimist, and uh, the realists were all talking about the glass of water, whether it was half full, half empty, and so forth. And um, while they were all discussing that, the opportunists drank the water. <laughs> Well, I think we ought to be the opportunist. We ought to drink the water. We ought to say, hey, uh, rather than arguing about uh, being a pessimist, an optimist, a realist, let's make the most of this opportunity to minister, uh, but also to grow, to be chiseled and to be priest right in the now. One day we'll look back on this and we'll say, hey, do you remember... Uh, the, uh, the the corona lockdown and so forth. We'll be telling our kids and their grandkids about that probably. And um, then we need to say, and let me tell you the opportunities that came through that for the church and for myself and that I did make the most of that opportunity. I think that's what this passage is saying. Yeah, the, uh, the Bible says, as you see the day approaching, yeah. um, as you see the day approaching, make the most of every opportunity. It's our command as well as our opportunity and our obligation to uh, right. those three things. So um, as you are finding yourself this Easter in a very unique predicament, we have the opportunity to draw near to the living stone, which has constantly proven true. We have the ability to realize who we are, chosen and precious. We have uh, the ability to be built up as a spiritual house, the question is, are we willing to do these things? Are we willing to really, truly do what God has called and commanded us to do? And like you said, Craig, make the most of every opportunity that is in front of us 
through Christ, making sure that we're pointing people back to this gospel that we have received, making sure that they understand Christ came, Christ died, Christ rose again, and he's coming back again soon, uh, mm. the Bible tells us. And so uh, as you see that day approaching, are we willing to make the most of, of all opportunities? Yeah? Amen. Amen. Well, Craig, why don't you pray for us? And, I uh, will. And then we'll keep worshiping. Our God and Father, uh, we live in interesting times, and I suppose all times are interesting. But, Father, I believe that uh, you're really up to something in our world right now. Um, wow. Today in Jerusalem, it's Passover, and nobody's allowed to go outside. What an amazing thing. And we have Easter Sunday coming up, and uh, we're, we, uh, we can't meet together as we normally do. However, as we've studied here, Father, uh, you're not confined to any building. Uh, we are that building. And um, you're, you're, we're not confined to needing to go to a particular priest. We're, we are the priest, and we certainly don't need to offer a sacrifice. We have the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ, who by the resurrection of the dead proved that that sacrifice was accepted by God the Father. And, um, and because you live, we also live. We're living stones, Father. May we live for you. And Father, uh, as we shared, uh, we know that uh, this certainly is a time in our, our history, our lives, in which uh, you've allowed it for a purpose and for a particular period of time. And we pray that we would make the most of it spiritually and one day be able to look back and say, I made the most of that opportunity. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.